Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following program contains mature subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. September 1994, Michelle Murphy's three-and-a-half-month-old son is found dead, his throat slit. Now, after being separated by prison bars for 20 years... I didn't do this. There's no way I would ever hurt my kids. A mother and daughter's reunion... You actually believe that you saw your mother kill your brother. ...that will leave you in tears. That's today. Welcome. Many families have skeletons in their closets. But our guest, Michelle, faced something much, much darker. In September of 1994, Michelle Murphy's three-and-a-half-month-old son is found dead, his throat slit. Michelle confesses to the crime, is arrested, and found guilty of murder. She receives a life sentence without the possibility of parole. But... In Michelle's case, things aren't always what they seem. I was a 17-year-old mother of two. My daughter was two years old at the time, and my son was three months old. It was summertime, and it was pretty hot. We would all sleep downstairs because the AC upstairs did not work any longer. I don't remember exactly what time it was that I woke up. The sun wasn't up yet, and the light was on in my living room and my front door was open and my head hurt severely. I looked to check on my kids and my son was gone. I went to go through the kitchen to go out the back door to get help and he was laying in the kitchen floor in a puddle of blood. I remember going to the police station and I was put into a small room. There was a officer that would come in and just yell at me that if I would just admit that I did it, then they'd get me help and I would go home. I kept telling him I didn't do this. There's no way I would ever hurt my kids. This happened for like, I think, eight hours. If I ever wanted to see my daughter, that I needed to just say I did this and I could go home and I could see my little girl. And in time, I was just like, you know what? I just want out of this room. And I just want to see my little girl. I wanted to make sure she was okay. And I haven't seen her since that day. I was browbeat in, and guided into making a confession in order to see my daughter. They gave me a life without parole sentence. It took us 16 years to find an attorney to take my case on and start the process to bring me home. And it took them four years in order to get me home. They found two types of DNA at the crime scene. One of them obviously was my son's DNA and the other was the perpetrator. And it was not my blood type. On February 18th, I left prison. I met Jason at the Innocence Project Gala in 2015. 
I've been working with the Innocence Project now for almost 25 years. I'm the founding board member. Michelle was the first female DNA exoneree from Oklahoma. After Michelle's exoneration, the judge said through tears that in his 40 plus years on the bench, this was the worst miscarriage of justice that he had ever seen. Imagine that. Michelle and Jason Flum, the founder and host of the Wrongful Conviction podcast, join us now. And, you know, Michelle, we've, we've shared stories on our show before of people falsely incarcerated, and your story is, is devastating on so many levels. I'm curious, after that 20-year process, you're finally set free, how have you been able to move on? It's a second-by-second second struggle. I still struggle just to keep going and moving forward. Everything is so new to me. Mm -hmm. Driving a car, just having a place of my own. I'm over 40 years old and I'm just learning life. Well, Michelle, you spend your formative years locked away and you didn't have a normal development as a result. And while that's challenging in and of itself, there's obviously other challenges like Perhaps people still believe that you might have committed the crime. They still don't believe you. Have you come up with that, and how have you dealt with it? I just, I can be mean. That's all I can do. And people are going to make their own conclusions out of whatever they want. So when you think about where you are now and everything you've been through, 20 years in prison for a crime you did not commit, have you been able to let go of the anger and maybe even forgive the system that incarcerated you? It's kind of complicated. Um, some days it's easier than others. Um, I forget. I choose to forgive um, because what it, it wouldn't do me any good to hold on to that unforgiveness, even though <laughs> I do struggle with anger at times. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, you are trying to move on. To that point, I wanted to ask Jason, who I know has been such a great support system for you. What attracted you to Michelle's story, and why did you grow attached to this person? She's a uh, remarkable person. I mean, she's a survivor in so many ways. I knew about the case, mm -hmm. but when I Googled it, uh, I'm getting the chills now thinking about it. I remember I was on my way home in a taxi, and I just said, oh, my God, like, what have we done? Yeah. Like, what are we doing um, as a society to, to people like her? It just... It, it, it just, it rocked me to my soul. And then the next day I met Michelle at the Innocence Project uh, headquarters. We had a lunch and I got to talk to her and I just said, I'm going to do whatever I can to give her back a tiny fraction of what she's lost because that's all I can do. When you were on the show last time, Jason, I applaud you for all the work you do. And Michelle, you're talking about relearning life. And I know having someone like Jason in your life plays a big role and it's, it's a blessing because i know that like it's frustrating for me to watch the tape piece i feel like in the last couple of years i've learned a lot more about forced confessions and what they can do to ruin someone's life and then also the wrong person ends up free and the wrong person gets incarcerated but here you are despite everything and you do have allies you have people that believe in you and i don't know that you could even answer this right now what, what are your hopes I want to be a part of my daughter's life. And I want to go back into prisons and um, speak out. I want to renew their hope 
and their faith and maybe give them a little bit of strength to keep going and fighting that fight. Jason, it sounds like your response to hearing her talk means that she's well-equipped to do this. Yeah, I think today's a real turning point. I mean, what a thing for the girls back in prison to be watching you on TV and giving them hope. Right? I mean... We'll have more with Michelle when we come back. Coming up, a life sentence without parole rips a child out of her mother's arms. What would you say to her if you saw her? That I love her. Then... I have something else that's going to surprise you. That's next. Coming tomorrow. Controversy as a woman on the brink of death decides to have a baby. In a doctor's exclusive, she tells her side of the story. There is a very good chance that you could end up being a single father. Then, a double dose of doctor's checkups. From an amazing weight loss update to his NBA dreams coming true. You all have no idea the joy you brought to this little boy. Plus, the retirement home that has grannies gone wild for. Pole dancing! And then on Wednesday. Can the docs help her out of this sweaty situation? My hands will just be dripping sweat. Plus, it's Ask the Doctors for ladies only. And one of the most embarrassing questions of all. This may take the cake as the best question ever. That's Wednesday. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. back with Michelle and Jason Flom, the founder and host of the Wrongful Conviction podcast. I want to talk about a few things that I heard you've been dealing with medically. And obviously you were in prison for 20 years and I know that you've struggled with a few things. Tell, tell people about that. My knees, um, there's no cartilage and it's been bone on bone for so long that it's grinded and um, kind of flattened it a little bit. So they're gonna have to go in and reconstruct and replace my knees. I have bone spurs and by my feet. I've got, um, I've got dental issues because you don't, <laughs> I didn't get to see a dentist, but once I believe to get a wisdom tooth pulled, so. Well. We always know that sometimes emotionally to heal, you've got to heal some things physically. So we've set up medical care for you in your hometown. Dental Depot, they're going to take care of your teeth. Dr. Zane Uland at Oklahoma City Orthopedics is going to see what can be done for your knees. Thank you, guys. Can we touch upon something that you mentioned earlier? I still sense a lot of sadness. Mm -hmm. And my guess is that that comes from your statement when I first asked you what you hoped for. And you talked about the little girl that you confessed to go see that day 20 plus years ago, because I believe this in my heart and soul, you just wanted to go see your daughter. Yeah. I wanted to make sure she was okay. What's it been like for you? It's hard. I'm grateful that, you know, that. Thank you. That yeah. um, obviously a good family took good care of her and loved her. 
and protected her and brought her up. But it's hard because I know, I can only imagine the turmoil that she goes through. You know, believe in one thing about me, believing that I'm a monster for so long, and then all of a sudden, you know, the truth is revealed that I wasn't this monster ever. And the turmoil that she goes through within, the, you know, struggling with, do I believe this, do I don't, you know? And, and I know she's a new mom, and it's just, I can only imagine. Yeah. And it hurts my heart because I can't be there for her and help her through this. You know, I know I can never be her mom, mm -hmm. per se, but I want to be a part of her life. What would you say to her if you saw her? That I love her and that I didn't do that. So, Michelle, I know that this has been just a very difficult experience, everything, including coming here today. I, you, backstage, you even acknowledged that this is anxiety-provoking, and sharing your story is, is really something very, I think we're all very proud of you. And I have something else that's going to surprise you. And we couldn't tell you about this because, honestly, we did not know if this was going to happen. But your daughter is here today. Because I don't, I want you to, to save your words for her. She's waiting backstage, and I would like to escort you back there so you can see her for the first time in over 20 years. How does that sound? It sounds like heaven. Right now, take a nice deep breath, okay? You think about what you want to say to her. Oh, God. Thank you, you guys right so now? much. Thank well, you, guys. This is about you. So she's just been backstage watching right here in this room. Coming up, emotions run high as Travis reunites Michelle with the daughter she hasn't seen in 20 years. I love you. I always loved you, and I didn't do that. That's next. I was the 17-year-old mother of two. I looked to check on my kids, and my son was laying in the kitchen floor in a puddle of blood. I kept telling him, I didn't do this. There's no way I would ever hurt my kids. They gave me a life without parole sentence. It took us 16 years to find an attorney. They found two types of DNA at the crime scene, and it was not my blood type. On February 18th, I left prison. My daughter was placed in a home after the crimes. I would be honored to be a part of her life. 
I hug you. You're so beautiful. I love you. I've always loved you. And I didn't do that. I would give my life for you guys. You doing okay, Lindsay? So I know how incredibly overwhelming this is. So let you two just take a moment here and then Lindsay if you're willing we can go back out on stage and visit some more does that sound okay you both doing okay alright we're going to take a really quick break this is real <laughs> this is real we'll be right back and Lindsay and Michelle will be visiting more so much, guys. Coming up. The biggest victim of all is the child left behind. Lindsay recounts her lost childhood. Not knowing what love really is, not knowing what Christmas is, Easter, nothing. Plus, who really murdered Lindsay's baby brother? That's coming up. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna ask the doctors. Well, that's a good thing because. The docs have answers. All this May, the doctors are answering all the questions. My question. My question. What is this? My question is. Is this normal? I know the answer. Are you ready? You were too afraid to ask about. Bring it on. From questions just for the ladies. Women are asking, and the women are answering. To answers that could save your life. This takes the cake as the best question ever. All this May on the doctors. Closed captioning provided by. I don't remember exactly what time it was that I woke up. I looked to check on my kids, and my son was gone. He was laying in the kitchen floor in a puddle of blood. I kept telling him, I didn't do this. There's no way I would ever hurt my kids. They gave me a life without parole sentence. They found two types of DNA at the crime scene, and it was not my blood type. On February 18th, I left prison. My daughter was placed in a DHS shelter, and then she was placed in a home. I have something else that's going to surprise you. Your daughter is here today. She's right here in this room. Can I hug you? We're back now with Michelle and her daughter, Lindsay, who just reunited with her mother for the first time in over 20 years. Jason Flom from the Wrongful Conviction podcast also joins us. And Lindsay, honestly, I can't even imagine what you've gone through. And yet you got on a plane to come here and see the woman that for so many years you believed was a murderer, being raised by a different family, but she still came. 
What motivated you to come? I need to get through this. You know, I have a daughter of my own, and I need to get through this, and I need to be able to just be normal for once instead of it bothering me every day. You know, I have PTSD, and it's just, it affects me. I have anxiety attacks, and I relive it all the time in my nightmares. I don't want my daughter to have to see me like that. How old's your daughter? She's three. Lindsay, she was the age not so different from your age when all of this happened. And it breaks my heart hearing that this is a weight that you've carried every single day of your life. Wanting to move past it and not knowing how. And at the same time, this is something that you've also, despite it being on your mind every day, you've attempted to move on try to have a good, productive life. What would you want Michelle to know about you and how it's been all of these years? It's been really hard. I mean, you didn't protect us. I went in a new family, not knowing what love really is, not knowing what Christmas is, Easter, nothing. I mean, I still remember my first Christmas and my first real Christmas where I was happy. I mean, and people showed me they cared about me. I felt like I could finally trust somebody. So I hear that you're saying it took you a long time to get there. And you do have such a lovely new family, it's wonderful mom, Shelly, who supported this, supported her to move on by coming to do this. But it, it took time, didn't it? It took time to truly trust that other people could be there for you. I mean, still, I don't trust a lot of people. Yeah. I don't get close to people, really. Not truly close to them, besides my family. Right. But one of the reasons you came here today, and I know this because you said it is, you don't want to feel that way anymore. And one of the things that Michelle said that has troubled her for all these years is knowing the turmoil that you've been through and probably believing that she was guilty of a crime she didn't commit. And I, as a child, I cannot imagine when you tell yourself that story over and over again, how you can come to a different place and we asked mm -hmm. Michelle if she was able to forgive the system that falsely incarcerated her and quite frankly took her away from you, which I think is probably the thing that has bothered her the most and probably is something that you're still struggling with in terms of forgiving her. But I'd like to believe that maybe today that healing process can start not just for your relationship, but mainly for you because I see the hurt in your eyes when I look at you now and I, I, I want to believe that this moment right here can be the start of healing for both of you. And I can't even imagine how awkward this is for the two of you because here you are and you haven't seen each other in so long, so many questions. I think the story that you grew up with is, is, is probably quite a bit different than, than who Michelle is now and maybe who you are. You said you wanted to say something to your daughter earlier. I know I failed as a mom, and I didn't do a great job, but I loved you guys, 
and I would have given my life, and I would still trade my life so he could be alive right now. And every morning I wake up, my first thought is, it should be him waking up. I felt as a mom. Lindsay, how does it feel to hear Michelle say that to you? I don't know how to put it into words. I mean, I used to hope that was me too. Mm -hmm. When I was little, all the time, because I didn't know how to deal with it. And I didn't get to know my brother. On the show, we've talked about people falsely accused of crimes they didn't commit. But Lindsay, this is the first time where we've come to the realization that many times, maybe the biggest victim of all is the child left behind. And as you sit on the stage, my, my heart goes out to Michelle, but my heart goes out to you equally because I cannot even imagine your scenario because until recently, you actually believed that you saw your mother kill your brother. Why? Because I see it in my sleep. What's that? I see it in my sleep when I go to bed at night. I wake up from it. It keeps me up. Yeah. I know she went through some horrible things, too. Yeah. And everybody, especially my mom, they told me, you know, that, um, you know, if whether or whether or not what happened, she, she paid for it. Mm. And she deserves a second chance. You can talk about what it's like growing up with those dreams, but I think it's important when I watched that first video that Jason said that, was it the judge said it? The, yeah. mo the most, the grossest miscarriage of justice that he'd ever seen in his career? Yeah, the judge said through tears that in four decades, over four decades on the bench, he'd never seen a worse miscarriage of justice. Um, and I can say that in my 25 years in criminal justice reform, um, I've never seen one either. And the conviction was overturned and she was declared innocent in such a way, in such a strong way, that she cannot ever be retried. It was, it was overturned with what they call with prejudice, right? So what that means is the court is going, we are not going to allow anyone to challenge her integrity anymore because we have found gross prosecutorial misconduct. Um, we have found falsifying of evidence. We have found sci with scientific certainty that she could not have done this. It's not possible. And that doesn't mean that you're not, you know, you have your, you know, uh, uh, your, 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 your things and, and, you know, no one can challenge your feelings. But the, in, in the community in which I work and, and, and which I devote my life to, um, there is no, there's a 0% chance that Michelle could have committed this crime. It, it can't be. Coming up. Your feelings of trauma are real. Can Lindsay heal from her childhood nightmare? Plus. A terrible place to be a woman. They lock up more women per capita than any place else in the world. That's next. Closed captioning provided by.
We're back with Jason Flom from the Wrongful Conviction Podcast, as well as Michelle and her daughter, Lindsay, who have just reunited for the first time in 20-plus years. You just heard Jason, who has no subjective or objective requirement to be invested in this, say there's a 0% chance that your biological mother did this. So let's put that aside, because, again, you've grown up with one story, and I imagine probably most of us in this room would feel the exact same way that you feel. So I think it, we do need to address that, what you feel and what you believe and what you dream, because that's your reality, right? Mm -hmm. And Jason can sit here and tell, tell you, Michelle can tell you, and, and we can try to convince you over and over, but your story is, is right now the dreams you're having. And I wanna, I wanna address that, because that is, your, that is your reality, right? You still have the dreams. And it's something that's so intense for you that happens almost on a daily basis. So as Dr. Travis said, we're not challenging that that's your reality. And when you have those dreams over and over again, it's like being re-traumatized over and over again because you're reliving a certain memory. But I also want to present the other side of what we know about human memory, which is that human memory can be constructed. And once they have been constructed and rehearsed, they feel just as real as anything that 100% objectively happened. So it's so hard to tell what's real and what's false, but your feelings are real. Your feelings of trauma are real. And even without your brother being murdered, just not having a haven of safety, your biological mother next to you protecting you, that by itself, can be extremely traumatizing to some. So all of this is playing a part. And the only way that you have been able to survive, Lindsay, is by replaying it in some way so that you can avoid anything like that happening to you or anybody you love again. So all of this is self-protective. Does that make sense? It's not that you don't wanna believe your biological mother, whatever the truth may be in your mind, it's just, this actually served a function for you. It helped you to survive. Helped you maybe to even be an even better mother because you probably have such a mama bear mentality about your own child. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Doc, because um, you know, the, the, the human mind is so powerful and so complex. And we know so much now that we didn't know back then about the way memory works and the way people can be influenced. And we know about how faulty uh, you know, eyewitness identification can be, is actually, because of the, some of those same factors. And, you know, but then when you look at it too, the state of Oklahoma is a terrible place to be a woman. And I say that in terms of the criminal justice system where they lock up more women per capita than any, almost any place else in the world, mm -hmm. twice as many as the United States per capita, as the rest of the United States. And the United States locks women up at, at, at 30, we have 33% of the world's female prison population, only 4% of the world's population. What are we doing, yeah. right? And so my point being that if Oklahoma thought there was any possibility to keep Michelle in prison, they would have done it. But they recognized, even the most, you know, hardline prosecutors said, you know what, we, we give up. There's nothing that we cannot do this to her because there's, we were wrong. Yeah. You know, like... And they never apologized. <laughs> you know, a district attorney normally, after 20 years, doesn't call someone who they saw as a little girl and make sure that they're okay. 
when all this is going on, and he did. He wanted to make sure I was okay, and if, how I felt, and if there was anything that he could do to put my mind at ease when she was going through her retrial. I don't think bad people do that. Well, Lindsay, we're definitely not taking anything away from your experience in your life. And we're not here to convince you to believe that your biological mother is truly innocent. It's okay if that's not where you are today. And it's also okay if you're never there. I think what we're here for, and I think one of the reasons for why you said when Dr. Travis asked you the question of why you came despite all of the things that you went through was that you wanted to move forward. You wanted to do it for yourself and for your family. So my question to you is, what will it take for you to move forward? Even if you hold the belief that she might be guilty, what is it for you that will help? I don't honestly know. I just, it's something I have to work at and something that I just have to keep on trying until something works. What if we treated today as a new start? Because I know that the last number of decades have been traumatic for the two of you in ways that no one can imagine. But the one thing that I do know that the two of you are suffering from post-traumatic stress injury, because it's not a disease, it's an injury when something traumatic happens to you. And honestly, I think the two of you have been through some trauma that's difficult to imagine. And look, this would be, quite frankly, an unrealistic scenario for the two of you to be here today and push everything aside. But I think addressing this stress, this post-traumatic stress injury that the two of you have been dealing with, because Michelle, you admitted it also, right? This is something every single day mm -hmm. you're dealing with. The memories of everything. We'll have more when we come back. Coming up, giving Lindsay and Michelle the second chance they deserve. I'm so grateful that you decided to come. Plus, if you or someone you love gets arrested for something you didn't do, don't say anything. A doctor's prescription that could protect you from a wrongful conviction. That's coming up. Coming tomorrow. Controversy as a woman on the brink of death decides to have a baby. In a doctor's exclusive, she tells her side of the story. There is a very good chance that you could end up being a single father. Then, a double dose of doctor's checkups. From an amazing weight loss update to his NBA dreams coming true. You all have no idea the joy you brought to this little boy. Plus, the retirement home that has grannies gone wild for. Pole dancing! And then on Wednesday. Can the docs help her out of this sweaty situation? My hand will just be dripping sweat. Plus, it's Ask the Doctors for Ladies Only. And one of the most embarrassing questions of all. This may take the cake as the best question ever. That's Wednesday. We're back with Jason Flom from the Wrongful Conviction podcast, as well as Michelle and her daughter, Lindsay, who have just reunited for the first time after 20 plus years of not seeing each other. And so part of healing is being able to heal from these memories that have prevented the two of you from moving forward. And there's a treatment that we've had on our show. We featured it many times before. And this is an injection. It's called the stellate ganglion block. And Dr. Eugene Lipov, who's doing a formal study of this technique, we have had so many people 
dealing with PTSI, and we've profiled this, and, and what's amazing is it doesn't change anything in terms of your beliefs, okay. but it just changes the way you react, and it gives you an opportunity to move forward, and the Global PTSI Foundation has offered to treat both of you with this treatment free of charge. This point is so clear that so much of what keeps you in one place without moving forward is that hyper arousal. You feel reactive to things that might trigger the things that cause you to have the post-traumatic stress injury in the first place. And so this is going to be something that's really helpful because so much of how we deal with the world is how we react to things that are happening. And so this is hopefully gonna help both of you to start moving forward. And in addition, we know it's gonna take a lot of intensive therapy also to fade the scars from all of these years. And the good news is that you've taken the first step to do so right on our stage. And when you return home, Improving Lives Counseling has agreed to offer therapy to you each individually and together for six months so you can finally start the healing process. Michelle, I want to give you an opportunity because I'm sure it's not easy hearing your daughter say that she's still having dreams about everything that happened and not pleasant ones. And yet, I want you to remind yourself of one thing, and that is she showed up today, right? Most important thing of all, your daughter showed up when she didn't have to. She made a choice to be here. And we knew that today was all about starting anew. After everything you've heard, I just want to ask you what you're feeling. I'm so grateful that you decided to come. And I thank you so much for giving me this chance to see you. Lindsay, is there something you'd like to say to Michelle? I mean, there's many things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can I say something? Of course. Of course. Okay. I just wanted everybody to know that we did not tell her anything about what happened. We kept that a secret. Because that wasn't something she needed to know until it was time. You gave me all the letters you wrote me. I did. Always. You did. The crocheted heart you made me. I have all of that. You kept everything? I have everything. You didn't keep anything from me. Thank you. I, and I, I would like to thank you, not only for <laughs> raising Lindsay, but okay. it's incredibly <laughs> brave and big of you to be here today in support of her as she reunites with her biological mother. Coming up. If you or someone you love gets arrested for something you didn't do, don't say anything. A doctor's prescription that could protect you from a wrongful conviction. That's next. Closed captioning provided by... I'm Vivica Fox, and this fall, I have a brand new talk show. Two people, two sides, but only one can be right. It's time to face the truth. So if you have a relationship that needs to be fixed, a conflict that needs to be settled, or a problem that's over your head, call 323-843-4444.
3627. My hope is that six months from now, these two of you are going to be in a different place. And, and I think that the support structure that you are building potentially together, I just have really high hopes mm -hmm. because a grave injustice has been done here to an entire family. And I'm sorry that you both had to go through this. And yet I'm also hopeful. And Jason, I want to say I'm grateful for all the work you do. Lindsay, I'm grateful that you showed up today when you didn't have to. While we're at it, I want to say I'm grateful to you both and the whole doctor's team because Michelle's case is just another example of if you or someone you love gets arrested for something you didn't do, don't say anything. Say your name and tell them you want a lawyer and stop talking. That's so important because my goal is to prevent things like this from ever happening again. Obviously, we'll never be able to totally stop it, but if we can save one more person mm -hmm. from going through, and it might be someone you love, it might be one of you, it, might, you know, it could happen to any one of us. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we need to educate you know, our, our families and our loved ones and our friends, and that's you know, one of the reasons I'm so grateful to be here on The Doctors, and you know, so, uh, I mean, I feel like I need a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you all for being here today, and, and Lindsay and Michelle made the healing begin. And you actually, maybe it gets back to the anything you say can be held against you. And if you are arrested and being falsely accused, don't say anything. Get a lawyer there. They're not and your friends. Certainly... They're not your friends. They're not on your side. Um, in Michelle's case, she was interrogated for eight hours without an adult or a lawyer. She was 17. It was illegal in the state of Oklahoma to interrogate a minor without the presence of an adult. And I believe, having dealt with so many people who've falsely confessed, and even her confession wasn't really a confession, that she would have confessed to kidnapping the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> or assassinating Abe Lincoln if she had to. She just wanted to get out of that room and get to you, and they tricked her into believing that that's what was going to happen, and that's how we ended up in this situation. So it goes back to what I said before. Just say your name and you want a lawyer, and then stop talking. And, and again, I'd say keep up the great work. If you missed anything on today's show, uh, visit us at thedoctorstv.com. Thank you so much for tuning in.